Welcome to the Black Valley Show. I'm your host, Black Valley, and I'm here with my co-host, JD DJ Jeezy. <laughs> Johnny. We just, just talk Johnny. about the randomest stuff. Just call me Johnny, Black Valley, goddamn. And it is what it is. Like it or love it. This podcast is powered by your friends at Libsyn Studio, where we get your voice heard everywhere. Thinking about starting a podcast? Do it today for free at LibsonStudio.com and bring your podcast to life. Yo, what up? Welcome to the Black and Valley Show. I'm your host, Brian, and this is my main man, Jesus. I thought he was going to say something, but... <laughs> I'm saying you're smiling. <laughs> so uh, today, we are discussing... Ending generational curses, and uh, we've already discussed quite a bit amongst each other, and with our our wives, our spouses, whatever you want to call it. So, um, their wives, their, 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 their wives, their, their spouses. We're, we're married, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, ending generational curses. Just to give a little backdrop. Um, so I come from, I actually come from a family of five, with that being my mom, my stepdad, and my two older sisters. And, but, but I have six siblings, making seven of us total. And I was not raised with four of them, so... I don't know what their whole, you know, thing is. I know them. I've met every one of them. I went to school with my sister, who's like four months older than me, believe it or not. But, yeah. I think uh, growing up in a, a nuclear family, I guess is what they call it, where you have uh, multiple partners children from different uh, partners and things like that or you have a partner that has children that they bring into the relationship mm -hmm. growing up in a family like that is difficult because there's a lot of abandonment issues or issues where they feel you know children will feel like I, like I felt like I was abandoned by my dad and so when I was younger I always wanted to be around my dad mm -hmm. and he wasn't really looking for me like that, you know. What I mean? Right, right. I mean, he came around until up until probably the third or fourth grade, and then I say he disappeared. And when I say he came around, like it wasn't like all the time; like it was once in a blue moon. So, yeah, that sucked. That was pretty much the same way. And then, um, uh, I'm trying to think. I reconnected with him when I was like 21. I looked for him on my own. That was mostly like a self-discovery deal like I wanted to know who my family was mm -hmm. I feel like I missed out a lot of my life of getting to know uh, another whole another side of my family mm -hmm. and so I reached out to him or I reached out to some family that we were still kind of like in contact with or we knew about uh, found their numbers looked them up and got a hold of them and then got a hold of my my dad and reconnected with him so yeah got to meet a whole side of my family that I didn't get to meet and then I joined the military so and we made some good bonds probably like about a year and a half or two maybe I stayed around and then I joined the military because my plan was to join the military at first and ended up meeting my dad again and reconnecting with this all this family that I never met before in my life 
So it was pretty cool, you know? And then after that, I made some bonds that to this day are pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was weird because some of the people I connected with, I didn't spend as much time with. But the ones I really spent a lot of time with, I figured I'd have stronger bonds with them. But I think uh, they had abandonment issues because I, I just went to the military. <laughs> Uh, like I created abandonment issues <laughs> Like for instance My little brother Matthew I think he has some type of He has a little bit of resentment My cousin Estelle maybe Has a little bit of resentment You know Because the way I left It was just like abrupt Yeah You know And uh, I was in a bad place though Like when I was going through it, When I met my family And everything like that I was Engaged to this girl um, I broke off the engagement Uh started living on my own didn't really like who I was living with then I moved into another apartment with these females and it was kind of like I was partying a lot you know but would you consider like I I don't know what the the reason was for breaking off the engagement but would you consider it to be like like because of the lack of relationship with your dad that you weren't able to fully commit to a relationship? No, I think it was more so because of... Well, yeah, I guess you could say that. It had a lot to do with my mom, though, because I felt like I I was scared to commit to someone who I felt didn't really truly want to be with me in the way that I wanted to be with them. And seeing my mom be with multiple partners... Not that she was with a whole bunch of people, but, you know, being, being, I didn't get to see her with my dad, but I saw her with my stepdad and I saw her with my ex-stepdad, you know, because my brother and sister's dad, he ended up leaving. And then, um, I think wanting to get married and do all that stuff was the idea and the concept that I believe was the right thing to do Mm -hmm. with whoever you're going to be with. And I was very... You know, I was like, I didn't want to have sex until I got married. I didn't want to do all this stuff and whatever. We ended up having sex before we got married, obviously. But, uh, you know, still, I wanted to do things the right way, but she wanted to do things a certain way, too. So we tried to respect each other. But then after a while, it's like the idea and the concept of being in a relationship and getting married was more than what was was more the foundation of than uh, actually what we felt about each other. Mm-hmm. So I felt like if we would have gotten married and kept it going we would end up getting divorced anyway mm. because we didn't have similar we don't have the, we didn't have the, we got along really well and we got to know each other really well we knew we were like really close friends which I wasn't <clears throat> yeah like, I feel like that love wasn't really there yeah in a way yeah. you know where we attracted to, to, to each other yeah but it wasn't the same like you know I just felt like that it was kind of like empty it just seemed mm-hmm. kind of empty so Anyway, man, I ended up calling her off. It was pretty bad. I stopped talking to her and everything. And, uh, it was, I knew it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And so then later on, I met another girl. I was in the military. And I got married to her. And we should have got divorced. That was it. <laughs> that was a mistake, too. But I did that because I really thought, like, Honestly, I thought that I was going to end up going to the military and getting deployed, going to Afghanistan, probably getting cut, killed out there. So I figured, well, now I kind of got to rush to live my life in a way that I feel like is respectable, that people would 
kind of remember me for, you know, miss me when I'm gone kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like that was important to do. And so I ended up getting married to some girl that had a lot of emotional issues and a lot of, like, mental health issues. And I guess I did, too, in a way, but they were just not dealt with, you know? Right, right. So, and, uh, or at least I dealt with them in, not in the best way, you know? Um, which is usually how... Substance abuse, which is what yeah. my dad went through. My dad yeah. did the same stuff. Yeah. Substance abuse was his deal. So I, I had a guy tell me once that... I was going to be an addict because everybody in my family was addicts. And it was st- statistical for me to become what I was around. Mm-hmm. And so I like, I tried everything I could not to become an addict. Like, I didn't smoke. I didn't drink. I lived what they call a straight-edge life. Yes. And But I still had what I didn't realize I still had I was still addicted to lust and it wasn't even the the fact of sex it was just like it was just lust after after women not like like lust after money or cars or something like that it was just women I was infatuated with and to the point that I couldn't see myself with just one person. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it was creating problems. And, yeah, I, I would not settle. And so I started, once I started realizing, you know, I started writing about it and writing poetry and everything. And so. See, I was like the opposite. I was like, every woman I get with is going to be the one. That's how it started. I was like, you're the one. <laughs> you want to get married? You want to get married? Love you. <laughs> Day one. Day one. I love you. <laughs> Did I tell you we should get married? And I love you. Hi, my name is... You want to get married? Hi, how you doing? I love you. <laughs> how about that for you? <laughs> now, I've been infatuated one time, bro. That shit is scary. I was infatuated with this one girl one time. Oh, and I won't say her name because... I don't know if she'll ever watch this. But, bro, I was infatuated. And it was, like, sickening. I couldn't stop thinking about this girl. Nothing. It was bad. And she would have been a horrible person to be with, bro. <laughs> she struggled with alcoholism. Like, bad, bro. We were young. For her to be struggling with alcoholism at our age was bad. Yeah. You know? This is, like, right before I joined the military. So I was a little bit of a hoe, but I was like, oh, I think she's the one. But man, I was infatuated with her, bro. And so and she was just, you know, she was a very sexual person, too. So it was just like, it was hard. But yeah, she was, she even, she not in any way, shape, or form did she ever look at me like that. But she was such an alcoholic and, you know, just, it was, it's, it was sad, you know. I thought I could save her. I went through that phase. I went through that phase. Yeah, it was bad. I could save. I could be your savior. I could mm-hmm. save you. I can get you out of this bad place. And my ex-wife, it was like that, too. I thought I could save her from all her issues and, you know, make things better. Because I always had these visions of grandeur. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I always thought I could. I was going to do this, these great things. Yeah. And uh, I felt like I just needed that one partner that was going to take me there. Right. That was going to do it with. That we was going to be 
in sync with each other. Like, I had uh, my pastor's <clears throat> wife one time pull me aside and told me that I had a, a, a big heart, but I can't save everybody. Mm-hmm. And it was about a girl that I was dating at the time. And she was like, you, you can't save everybody, baby. I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to tell you right now. Some of them, you just got to let them live their life. And I was like, what? I don't understand. I don't know. And I went through hell with that person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. You know, with that girl I was infatuated with, from there, um, I just kind of, like, real, try to ease off that infatuation and started kind of, like, being free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's when I became just, like, all right, I'm just going to date people and then see where it goes from there and kind of, you know, chill out or whatever. Yeah. When I met my ex-wife, I was, like, really desperate, though. I was worried that my life was going to come to an end soon, and so I needed to do something. Mm-hmm. But then once I realized it was bad and it wasn't a good fit and I made a mistake, I still kept on. I said, well, I could probably make things better, just give her time, you know what I'm saying? Because my ex-wife was young. She was still kind of, like, maturing. Yeah. And so was I. I was young, too. No. Instead, we decided to have a baby, <laughs> which I don't regret at all. Right. You know, but at the same time, it was just like, this is, ah, well, we have this child. This is going to be hard on the child because mm-hmm. I know that my child is going to see that we are not happy together. Mm-hmm. We don't get along like we should as a couple and we don't see eye to eye. We was very, it was always arguing about stuff. It was real bad. So, wow. Yeah. But, you know, now, and it's like, there's different things. No, not just about relationships. It's about how you live your life. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't do drugs. I don't drink. I be- I drink, but, like, it's rare. Like, yeah. I think I drink, like, maybe once or twice a year at that. And then maybe, like, I'm such a lightweight now. I used to drink a lot. Really? And when I was in the military, I used to get smashed in the military. I was by myself, though. I was a geographical bachelor. We just go hang out all the time. I didn't have no kids. Nothing. A geographical bachelor. Well, because uh, I was married, but I lived in Italy, and then my ex-wife, she stayed in the States, you know? Right. So, anyway, we got, we used to party, and I used to get drunk a lot. But, uh, you know, and who knows, like, what would have happened if she would have been, she would have actually came to Italy like I was hoping she was going to do once we got married, but anyway... It is what it is. Yeah. That's how life turned out. But I think also what's important, too, is being financially responsible in your life. Like, my family, I I don't know what it's like to be financially responsible. I've never been. I don't either. I've never grown up. I did not grow up in a place where people were financially responsible. The only time I've seen people who were doing well with their finances Mm -hmm. were people who owned land Mm -hmm. and property, and they had... Uh, generational wealth right. and that was when I used to go to Vermont to the Fresh Air Fund and I used to visit with these people this family used to take me in I used to hang out with them and stuff like that for like a month and they had generational wealth that to this day I always think that if my life were to go south in some way shape or form if I got the uh, was it was Job that his whole family got murdered mm-hmm. not murdered but they, they, yeah, they, yeah. but you know what I mean they, he got the, everybody got wiped everybody out. Died, everybody yeah. died. His wife left him, right? Yeah. If I ever got joked, I'm going to Vermont. So you're not right now. But on New Hampshire. 
No, because Vermont is where these people are at. And I know if I if I had to go somewhere, I, I would I start would my life over and go there. These people have farmland. Like, farmland. They they uh, they have cows. Um, they have crops. They got, you know, uh, maple syrup. They do maple syrup also. They sell maple syrup. Like, you know, I mean, they got... a Canadian thing. No. Well, Vermont's up there. Well, I mean, it's up there, but it's not there. Uh, Vermont, they got some Canada. They got some Canada. They got, they got some Canada. maple syrup. <laughs> they got some Canadian maple syrup. <laughs> no, they got some bomb. Like, that maple syrup, bro, is like... I, I, would, I, would hit them up. I should hit them up. I still keep in touch with them every so often. <laughs> but, like, there was, like, four brothers that were there in the household, and... Uh, I was older than the youngest and a year or two younger than the one that was the second youngest. And then the the oldest one, he was pretty much in college or out of college by the time I got over there. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was about to be out of high school when I got over there. So yeah, like so they're all, but they're all cool, man. They're all pretty cool. Even the youngest one, like me and him, didn't get along sometimes, but he was a cool kid. Like he wasn't a bad kid. Like they're all cool people, you know. So it was a good time. It's cool family. So <clears throat> let's get into generational curses or ancestral sin. We're gonna look at the definition. Okay. We're gonna break it down and see if, like, by looking at the definition, how are we? Influenced by ancestral sin or generational curse, and how are we changing or trying not to continue that, or how are we ending it? So, the definition of ancestral sin is according to Wikipedia ancestral sin, generational sin, or ancestral fault is the doctrine that individuals inherit the judgment for the sin of their ancestors. It insists primarily as a concept in Mediterranean religions generational sin is referred is referenced in the Bible in Exodus 20 verse 5 and what is a generational curse according to the gospel coalition a generational curse describes the cumulative could never say that word Cumulative. Yeah, effect on a person of things that their ancestors did, believed, or practiced in the past, and a conscience, that doesn't say conscience, consequence of an ancestor's actions, beliefs, and sins being passed down. Huh. That is pretty... So... Generational curses are covered in the Bible, but they're referred to as ancestral sin or generational sin, such as like uh, like Noah, when the flood happened because of sins that was passed down from Adam and Eve, or uh, miscarriages mm-hmm. is passed down because of Eve, mm. or so some people think or believe. So if somebody has a miscarriage, they they 
immediately start thinking about themselves or like you know what what did I do wrong yeah. or you know whatever and sometimes they even think uh, like they're, they are being cursed by God because of, they weren't allowed to, to have that baby it's really bad if it's their first child mm-hmm. if it's like their fourth or fifth it's not as bad but if it's the first child and they miscarry, is yeah, it's rough. Yeah, it's really bad. So the belief is that it comes from Eve and the original sin or the first sin or have you want to look that up, and it's all based on ancestral sin or generational curses. It just depends on, I guess, what religion you are because there's different religions or different, nah, religions. Because there's Christianity, there's Judaism, there's Hinduism that all have the uh, generational curse. But they're, they just come from different points. So, if, if you're interested, you can look up Exodus 20, verse 5. Uh, you can also look up Exodus 34, verse 7, Deuteronomy 24, verse 16. If you are a Christian or if you practice Judaism, um, if, if you're Muslim, I, I, I got nothing for you. <laughs> On this topic, anyway. It's messed up. It, now, I, I mean, thought, hey. I, thought, I thought with the uh, see with Christianity with, with the ancestral sin, when Jesus died on the cross, didn't he wipe away a lot of that? He yeah he 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 became sin and died for uh, like he was sin. He died for our sins by taking in the form of of sin, but. Tradition forms a whole new level of ancestral sin. Such as if if let's see, if some if a woman gets raped by a family member and she Like an incest rape. Yeah. Okay. And it, it not even incest. It could be like the husband of the, the sister. So that's what I was asking if is it is it is it like an ancestral rape? It's it's just We'll we'll say ancestral rape for the sake of the story. She gets raped by a family member. She carries out the the birth, but then she gives the baby up for adoption or, you know, orphans the baby in some fashion. Then down the line of that child's lineage, they will begin to search out, seek out who their family is. Because either they know that they were raised uh, in an adopted family or they soon, they just found out that they're adopted. So now they're going to go out and they're going to start looking for the rest of their family. And they find that family and they tell the story of this is what happened to me and this is my mother. I know this factual because I just found this out over the summer that it happened to which would be my grandma's nephew because her mom 
was raped by her brother-in-law. And she had the baby, but she gave the baby up. Mm. And he found out who his grandfather was, which would be this baby. This, my, my, I guess, cousin found out who his grandfather was, did the, the ancestral.com or ancestry.com thing and found one of my other cousins and they linked up and he started putting, you know, leaves together and found the story. So he was raised to believe that his aunt was his mom. But it was actually her little sister that was his mom. Have you ever done Ancestry.com? I have. I have. You ever find any hidden family? Because you know a lot of your family. Like, you have, like, family reunions and stuff like that. You have, like, a huge family. Like, everybody yeah. has family. Like, <laughs> just about, like, I did it because I wanted to know more about my dad's side of the family. Mm, okay. And I found a lot of family in, in San Diego. I just haven't quite connected the dots as to how they are. Because they have the same last name as, as my dad. But... Whenever I mentioned like who my dad was, who my grandma was, who, whose last name do you have? I have my mom's dad's last name, okay. which was my mom's maiden name. Okay, so you got your mom's maiden name. Yeah, I have my mom's maiden name, but that's not even her dad's last name, or her. Yeah, or her mom's last name. What? Yes, I have. So my mom is a. De Jesus. Her dad, I think, is an Ortiz. And my grandmother, her mom, is a Rivera. So what the... I know. Well, we my my grandmother... Like, of Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> we should go, go with that. We're going with Jesus, because I feel like it's alright. No one's going to ask any questions. Um, no, she... Uh, so my grandmother was with my grandfather my biological grandfather and then they broke up like right away he didn't want nothing to do with her she's 14 years old with a baby mm. whatever my grandmother started uh, let her I, I want to say it's her cousin to be honest with you I want to say it was like her cousin started taking care of her and you know they started shacking up one of her cousins yeah and it didn't last very long, but it lasted long enough that when she had this baby, she named the baby after she gave him his last name. Hmm. Tell me, she gave my mom, my mom, she gave my mom his last name. Right. So, because of that, that's how I became a Jesus because my mom got the name from my, her uncle basically. Yeah, so the base of the real mom's uncle. And then when she had me, my dad wasn't in the picture. <laughs> he actually denied me at first, but I don't think because he wanted to because he heard stories, allegedly. Same, same for an excuse as to, oh, I, she might have been with some other guys, you know, I don't even know if I'm the dad or not. Same thing. But he knew. And so when he told his grandpa who raised him, his grandpa was like, well... We're going to go to court then. we got to get a proof that it's your baby. And at the time, getting a DNA sample from a child was really hard and difficult, mm -hmm. I guess. This, you know, it was back in the 80s. 
back in the 1900s, it was difficult, I guess, at the time. So it was never reopened. They they kind of just let it go. Mm -hmm. I could go back to court right now with that DNA test if I wanted to and sue my dad for child support. <laughs> to my mom, I don't. I don't think my mom ever did that. With but anyway, so because of that, I wasn't on the. I wasn't on the birth certificate. But she did give me his middle name, which is his first name. His uh, his first name is my middle name. I mean, okay. So she gave me my middle name, which is his first name. Okay. So that's the only thing she's like. Ah, you can have that. I didn't get anything from my dad. I was named after cousins. Good. I mean, that's that's not bad. That's a good thing too. My dad tripped on me one time. Was like, you need to change your last name. You know, change your last name. Change your last name to my last name. Yada yada yada. And I'm like, why? He said, cause you're. This is your. Uh, you know. Here's the crazy part. Listen to this. My dad's last name is my grandmother's maiden name. So that's not even his dad's last name. What? Exactly. <laughs> I was like, you want me to change my last name to your last name, but, your last but that's name. not even your, that's not even what your name's supposed to be if you're going back, you know what I'm saying? But here's the crazy part. His dad's last name is Ortiz. So it would have been Ortiz regardless. Regardless. Because they have different, I mean, obviously they're different people, but. So you, would that have been a hyphenated name? Ortiz Ortiz. <laughs> Johnny O. Johnny O. Johnny O. Oh, oh. Ortiz. Ortiz. <laughs> so. <laughs> you know, I think it's an Ortiz funeral home, like conglomerate in New York. I want to say it's Ortiz funeral home. I'm pretty sure. There's like a whole bunch of them in New York. Ortiz funeral homes. My, uh. They own like. They're like, they're like they're a franchise of funeral homes. Anyway. My dad's sisters tried to get me to change my last name to Harris. And they were like, I don't know what you're waiting on. You look just like the man. You might as well go ahead and change the last name. And I was like, well, if he wanted me to have his last name, he would have been at the hospital when I was born. Mm. Mm. Preach. Hell. You know. Same thing as my a, dad. That's a different time. He would have came looking for me. I came looking for his ass. It wasn't like he was looking for me where you at, changing name. You know what? I found out. I found this out from my dad because I thought, I knew that my, my sister was born like three and a half months before me. And we went to school together. We graduated high school together and, you know, everything. But we never really had like a brother-sister relationship. It was like... I know her, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh man, I, I know that girl. And that was, that was about it. But so now I was 18, I moved in with my dad. I went to broadcasting school and my dad would like almost every day, he would be like, come on, let's, let's go out and play catch and throw the football or whatever. And I'm like, all right, whatever. You know, I've always longed to have that relationship and I finally got it. And so he would sit down and he would just like talk about 1986, 87, 88, 89. So my dad was in the National Guard in Watonga and he left Watonga when my sister was eight years old. Mm-hmm. 
So I would have been seven, eight-ish. I went through hell up until that point, up until I was about eight years old. I, I had been abused physically. Mm-hmm. I had been mentally abused. I had been wanting to commit suicide. I had been, like, I didn't feel wanted by anybody, my sisters, my mom, nobody. And my dad was in the same town the whole time. He even tried to he even tried to take my, my sister, which would be his oldest daughter. Tried to take her, but didn't want nothing to do with me. Wow. And so my biggest fear my entire life was turning out like my dad. Was 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 having children and not being a part of their lives. Mm-hmm. So technically, it's like doing what. So here's here's what I was thinking about. Right, we're talking about generational curses. That curse is still there because even though you are living a life where you're not trying to live in that sin or use that, mm-hmm. the fear of being that way is with you. Right. So really, the generational curse ends when your children know nothing of this and live their lives to a way that is best for them, I guess. Or right, right. Be, you know. So, but they're gonna have their own stories to say about us. I know. You know what I'm saying? We, we don't even think about it. Like, right now, we're like, whatever, you know? Yeah. And we don't know what's going to happen in the future, but I already know my kids are like, yeah, well, you know, my dad, he did this, or, mm-hmm. you know, my mom, she did that, you know? So because of that, that's why I'm in, that's why I'm this way. Yeah. And, like, it's hard to even say, like, I have, like, I was, I was raised by my stepdad, and I know how he disciplined us. I know how he loved us. I don't know how my dad disciplined or loved because he wasn't there. I guess you could say he didn't. No, I mean not, not just was he there for, was he there for the, your other siblings? He was he was in my 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 sister and my two brothers lives up until I think my youngest brother was probably maybe 3 or 4. But then I have a, a baby sister who he was he raised up until 18 and probably still has a very damn good relationship with her Mm. but her mom left so she was still raised by a biological father and a stepmom up to a, a point when they split yeah so it's just like i don't i don't i don't know I wrote a song where I put in there about uh, how my life could have been. Like I could have been in a gang, or I could have been dead, or I could have been a, a, a crackhead, basically, if it wasn't for things that I saw, I witnessed with my own eyes, and things that I went through, and I blamed it all on not having a relationship with my dad. Mm. Yeah. Whether that's the case or not, I don't. I can't say. Because I didn't have that relationship, so I can't say, yeah, it would have been different because it could have been still the same way, just mm-hmm. both parents there. So I, I don't know. You know, I feel like your environment really influences you one way or another. 
and who you grow up with. Yeah, I mean, if you had, I don't know if necessarily like, I had to start from somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if necessarily like, I know they tell me all the time, or if I hear people, you my dad says it, like my real dad was like, it's a good thing you didn't, grow, you didn't have me in your life. Like your mom did good. Like I probably didn't need to be in your life anyway. I was like, you're right. <laughs> You know, I've, I've but I don't know that for sure. I don't know that for sure. I was like, man, it would have been good, but he's not normal, bro. Like, he's got problems. And, like, even to this day, like, I talked to my little siblings yeah. that had him in their lives longer. You know, like, yeah. you know, my sister, my little sister, Vanessa's like 21. She's 21. Yeah. And then my little brother TJ, he's 18 now. So. Anyway, um, they they struggle with their relationship with him with with him and you know, and I don't think they regret having him around or like they wish like man I wish I had a different dad maybe they do I don't know mm-hmm. I feel like they're better for it for having him around as much as they did because they're both really intelligent, super intelligent and they're living a decently good life you know because financially they were way more stable than where I grew up. Mm-hmm. They were way poorer than they did. Not that that means anything, because being poor... Was that just because your dad wasn't alive, or is it, like, location? It's because we struggled, and we didn't have... My mom didn't have that financial stability, you know? And so, like, they were a little bit more financially stable, but it wasn't just because of my dad providing for them. Also because their mom made sure... She took care of them too, you know. Mm-hmm. So she was able to, but they did stuff together. Mm-hmm. Also, in the beginning, because they had that relationship, you know. And then my mom, she developed relation a relationship later on with my ex stepdad, and they did their thing. You know, what I'm saying it wasn't like we grew up in a fucking shack. Yeah. You know, they took care of us. We weren't like super poor, but we were, you know, we were definitely lower class. Yeah, you know, in terms of financially and economically. Grew up on welfare and stuff like that, you know. So, I don't think we grew up on welfare. We grew up in a in a HUD house. I grew, I grew up in a HUD house and on welfare. I don't. I know my grandma. She she used to have the the paper, uh, the the money food stamps. Yep. I grew up on those. And one time I found a book of like fives. What? Yes, bro. Like, Wait, is it fives or tens? It's a book, bro. Dang. A whole book. I found it and uh Did you take it to the museum? The museum? No. I'm talking about what are you talking about to the museum? Like when did you find it? When they were still being used. Ah, I thought you meant like after they No, hell no. If you find a book of five or tens today, I'd be like, Well who's (laughs) No, I thought it was back then. It wasn't faded or nothing. No. Did you take that? Boy, you can get some money for that. Shit. I found a book of five or tens today, somebody would have slapped me. He's like, Where'd you do it? See, I told you. No, I found it in a staircase one time. I was leaving uh, the apartment building where my grandmother lived to go outside. Mm-hmm. And when I got downstairs, I saw that book down there. I said, like, oh, shit. I know what this is. I know what mine. this is. So I brought it back up to my grandmother, and then she changed it for real money, you know? Did you take her up and say, Grandma, you ain't got to work no more. <laughs> she didn't work. <laughs> Hence the food stamps. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was super. She was like, what? She was like, where'd you find this? I was like, it was in a staircase. She's like, well, I think it was mine anyway. I said, no, it wasn't. I found a staircase. I found a staircase. And so, anyway, she gave me like 10 bucks. 
out of it, I think. And she, she'll probably change it for cash because they could do that back then. Mm-hmm. Now it's illegal to do it, but they would do it all the time. Change it out for cash. Yeah, we still do that. Yeah. With the car. Oh, yeah. Because they yeah. ain't got out of that generational curse yet. Mm-hmm. So, they went ahead and... I remember I, bought, I ended up buying some... Uh, these uh, Marvel uh, cards, trading cards. The Marvel mm-hmm. trading cards. And, bro, I found this one card in this deck that was, like, super rare. Like, even t- today. Like, it's not worth as much money as I thought it was going to be, though. That's the only thing. But at that time, back then, it was worth a hell of a lot of money. And I traded it with an idiot to some kids. But, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> those kids became... But, no, this was some kid. It was a kid. It was one kid. This oh. kid. Was, <laughs> some kid named Max. I was going to say, he became like... He was Max. What's, my, like, what's my coffee? He became like the... Like uh, Russian or something like that. Russian or German or something. He's his name was Max. Yeah. Anyway, he was a cool kid though. Um, and he had like one. I traded, I traded his one, uh, that one card, and he gave me like 20 other cards. You should have known right there. Well, he gave me some good cards too. Like, he gave me a collection. It wasn't good enough. He got rid of 20 cards. I know. Time. I know. I know. But like, now you could, buy the, you could buy all of them, all those cards. You could just buy them for like a couple hundred bucks. That's all they're worth. How, um,. How are we still, like, just, just thinking about that, about yes, trading one card for, like, 20 cards, mm-hmm. how is that correlated to a generational curse? Mm-hmm. Would you consider that to be, like, gambling? No, I think because even okay, so collecting cards and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it's all about it's all about what the collector thinks they're worth, mm-hmm. right? So, if that one card to you is worth twenty, then you would do that trade. That'd be smart. To, that'd be a smart trade to do. And those twenty cards created a complete deal. So like each, so I remember with those cards, each page created a scene when you have a full page of cards mm-hmm. and I want to say there was like nine in a scene mm-hmm. whatever you know those card holders remember mm-hmm. those, those plastic yeah so nine cards in a scene I think it was nine or twelve I can't remember and uh that would create a scene so I was like I wanted this full scene but this full scene was special cards only that one card was more special than each one of those cards independently but uh, all of them together okay. created a scene. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that car was legit, though. That shit was cool. I wish I could have had everything. And I could I could have kept on buying them and collecting them until I got that scene myself. Mm-hmm. Instead of getting that one car, but I just wanted that. You know, I wanted, just wanted, it was a couple of scenes I think I got all together. All the missing cars I needed. So okay. now for him, it was nothing because he had money. He was able to get all those cars, but that car was so rare that I mean, I want to say it was. I can't remember. It was only a probably I could look it up right now and tell you right now it's like pretty rare but it's, it wasn't worth as much as I thought it was going to be because mm-hmm. here we are years and years later <laughs> so <clears throat> we want to hear from you what your take on generational curses are 
if if generational curses are from this is it right here uh, biblical and if your religion no fucking way <laughs> See, I told you. Look at it. This is the car I got. That's the one you got. That's the one, one I want to give away. I found this card in a bodega, bro. That's where I got that card out of bodega. What's it worth? Well, it might not be worth that much. This guy's selling it for twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> what you mean it might not be worth that much? Because you gotta sell it. That's what he's selling it for. That's what he. Dang. Shit. There goes his legacy. Shut up. That's probably the dude you gave it to. But you see, look, 179, 124. Just people are selling it for different amounts. Yeah. 150. And it's all about the condition it's in, too. So. And this this card that he's talking about is a Spider Man versus Venom card. And he gave it up. He found it in the bodega, so it didn't have any. I didn't find it. I know I go. I bought the pack at a uh, bodega where and I got, when I found those food stamps, and my grandmother gave me that money. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then I just bought that. Damn, damn. But that's like I said, it all depends on how much. Mm-hmm. Not how much is worth to you. Some people might be like, oh yeah, I want it, but some dude over here is trying to sell it for twenty thousand dollars. Damn. Dang. So, generational curses, what do you believe about generational curses? Have you found yourself living out a generational curse or trying to end a generational curse? Or do you believe that generational curses are biblical? And if you can find it, whichever religion you follow, uh, we are Christian. But we study a lot of different uh, religions, not that we follow them or believe in them, but we just, we, we like to learn. We love to learn. Knowledge is power. So let us know in the comments what you think about generational curses, how to end generational curses, and whether you should end generational curses. So, yeah, I'm Brian. I'm John GZ. John Bon Jovi. And this is the Black Belly Show. JD. So make sure that you like, comment, subscribe, and hit the bell for notifications. Johnny Ortiz. Love, peace, and chicken grease. Holla at your boy. We out. Later. This podcast made with Libsyn Studio.